You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join in the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. And welcome back. I am Heather Caro. And I'm Father John Rutten. And we're broadcasting today from St. John Paul II Parish in Harrisburg, South Dakota. We thank you for joining us. We've been having a great discussion about Holy Thursday, but we're going to switch gears a little bit. We're going to move on to uh, Joseph Pierce. Good morning to Joseph. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for joining us again. Tell the listeners a little bit about who you are. Uh, yeah, so uh, I'm uh, a writer, an author. I've written uh, about 30 books, many Ignatius Press or Tan books, um, many literary biographers. I tend to write about Catholic writers such as uh, Chesterton and Tolkien. I've written books on C.S. Lewis. So, uh, yeah, I'm a writer, basically, in a, in a nutshell. Basically, in a nutshell. <laughs> That's being very <laughs> humble. <laughs> But we have you on because there's a special birthday coming up in a couple days, and you happen to write a book about them. So tell us whose birthday is coming up. Yeah, so uh, on uh, sorry, two days from now, as you rightly say, it will be Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI's 95th birthday. And I wrote a book uh, on uh, Pope Benedict called uh, Benedict XVI's Defender of the Faith. Uh, that was published just a few months ago. So uh uh, I will be celebrating with all uh, lovers of uh, of the Pope Emeritus uh, on uh, his 95th birthday. That's awesome. So I've actually read the book, and I love the book, Joseph, because it seems like such a personal encounter with Pope Benedict. Um, so let's. what inspired you to write it in the first place? Well, th- thank you. Actually, I, I take that as a, as a, a very uh, good compliment um, be, uh, because I do feel that the Pope Benedict has been a huge influence not just on the life of the Church, but on a purely personal level, on my own spiritual journey. He's helped me grow in faith. He's helped me grow in understanding of the faith. He's a great theologian, a great philosopher, and has lived a very holy life and was, of course, Saint, Saint John Paul II's right-hand man for a quarter of a century before he became Pope. So, you know, for, for, for over a third of a century, he, he was, apart from John Paul II, the most influential man of the Church. And certainly, uh, he was very influential upon my own spiritual growth. And I, this is, in that sense, this book is a, is a, a token of my appreciation and a mark of my gratitude. Hmm. Have you ever gotten to meet him? Not personally, no. I've obviously, I saw him when he was Pope uh, in, in papal audiences. And once, actually, I was in St. Peter's when he was uh, just uh, Cardinal Ratzinger before he was elected Pope, um, probably in the late 1990s. And I was in St. Peter's, and he walked right past me. And I, I had to walk by, hey, I know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the closest encounter I've had with him. <laughs> so what about him um, do you love? Like... What drew him in? What drew you into him? Well, I think the most important thing, of course, for, 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 for any Catholic is, is, is uh, holiness. Uh, and I think that sanctity is, is one of the most attractive features in anybody uh, once it's recognized. And I do think, first of all, as with, as with John Paul II, um, uh, that, that Pope Benedict, uh, Joseph Ratzinger, was a very holy man. And I think that's, that's evident mm. and transparent in his life, work, and words. So that's the, the most important thing. But of course, uh, apart from that, he was also very courageous in defending orthodoxy, the, you know, the, the, the fruits of the Catholic faith against uh, 
against various attacks upon it, both secular and within the church, uh, modernist attacks. You know, that, that G.K. Chesterton said that there were two types of people. Uh, basically, they, 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 you, you cannot, we, we want a church that will... We don't want a church that will move with the world. We want a church that will move the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, modernists move with the world. They want the church to change its beliefs according to the fads and fashions of the times. Whereas the church, of course, has has had the same beliefs for two thousand years. It's the fads and fashions that change. We need an evangelical church that will move the world from the wrong direction, just going in into the right direction, which is towards Jesus Christ. Pope Benedict understood that and, and basically taught that, and, and as such, he's a great defender of of Catholic truth, uh, Catholic goodness, and Catholic beauty. Wow, that sounds like a very good reason. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's, um, I, I love the fact that we're talking about Pope Emeritus Benedict today, because I feel a lot of times JP2, which is where we happen to be um, broadcasting from today, he gets a lot and well-deserved recognition. And then obviously our current Pope, Pope Francis. Um, but Benedict kind of gets forgotten sometimes in the middle. Um, why do you think that is? Well, I, I think up to a point that there has been uh, uh, an, an, an ascendancy in the Church since his resignation by those who hold to uh, a modernist understanding of the Church. The Church needs to uh, so-called move with the times rather than move the times, uh, and, and to move with the world rather than move the world. You know, basically, with, with Pope Benedict, you have someone who is at one with St. John Paul II. That's very important. You know, St. John Paul II selected Joseph Ratzinger to be his right-hand man um, throughout the 20, you know, for 25 years uh, of his papacy, almost all of his papacy. Um, and um, as such, when Pope Benedict was elected, it was really, if you like, St. John Paul II's natural successor who was e- elected. And, I, and one of the reasons I've written, I wrote the book was because it's still... That, you know, this man uh, is, if you like, should be seen as um, at one with St. John Paul II and not merely as some, someone who's a, a footnote or someone who lives in his shadow. So I wanted to bring him out of the shadows and I wanted to make sure that he was more than a footnote because he absolutely mm-hmm. is more than a footnote. Absolutely. That's beautiful. So if you're just tuning in, we are talking with Joseph Pierce. He has written a book called Benedict XVI, Defender of Faith. Um, and we're actually giving away one of these books, Joseph. So um, first caller to call into 877-795-0122. You can receive Benedict XVI, Defender of Faith. We are giving one of those books away. That is written by Joseph Pierce, who we are chatting with right now. Um, what was your first reaction when you heard that he had been elected Pope? Oh, well, that was a very special day. I, I was at the time on the faculty at Arvindria University in Florida. And um, uh, my, my friend and colleague there was Father Pezio, um, the, the founder of Ignatius Press, a, a wonderful Jesuit priest. And he had actually been a student of, uh, of Cardinal Ratzinger. Um, and you would know, go over, Cardinal Ratzinger had a, had a, a reunion of former students every year uh, in Rome. Uh, before he became Pope, and even up to a point after he became Pope, and uh, Father, Father Fezio would go over this. He was, a, be fair to say, a friend of, of the new Pope. So, uh, first of all, I know, I like everybody, when, when, when uh, it was announced that the, the Ratzinger, Joseph Ratzinger, was to be Pope, and he walked out onto the, 
on, on, on onto the balcony there. My heart leapt for joy. I did an impromptu jig with the uh, with the dean of of of, uh, of, of the Arvind University. Neither of whom are, are neither he nor I are normally prone to doing uh, jigs. Um, <laughs> but it was a spontaneous <laughs> spontaneous dance of joy, literally. And I noticed, you know, Father Fezio you know, bursting into tears of joy. Mm. Uh, at the moment that that, that, that singer walked out on, onto the balcony there, mm. so very special, very joyful day, and and and, and one of the you know, one of the most special days of my life, quite frankly. Wow, do you remember it, Father John? I Where do. were you at in your I life? Was uh, at the bishop's house, I believe. Are you kidding? Yep, with my brother, Father Paul, and maybe even my brother Joe. I can't remember. We might have all been together. Um, yeah, it was it was a, a beautiful day. Um, I had uh, not been in the church long, mm-hmm. so it wasn't, or I hadn't been back in the church long, so it it uh, carried with it a different kind of uh, expectation. But uh, soon afterwards, you know, his his life made a huge impact, primarily because he spoke into what I was living, and I didn't understand how on a t- how a, a German cardinal in Italy could understand me. Um, and I was really taken by the fact that uh, somehow I felt one with him uh, oh. in what he wrote um, and became very cl- was basically the Pope my entire, I mean, if I had, I would say I am a Pope of Benedict XVI. When people talk about being a J2 pri- JP2 priest, um, that doesn't make sense to me. I'm a, I am a Benedict priest. Um, but I would say, like, as the time goes on, too, I would say I'm a Benedict priest in light of uh, his writings, you know, mm-hmm. uh, particularly I picked up Deus Caritas Est, his first encyclical, and, I mean, totally transformed me. Like, who, I didn't know people thought this way. Right. Um, and particularly his confidence in the encounter of Christ in reality, in today's, like, it's not a historical thing, was very transformative to me. Uh, to stop living as if last decade was the best time, but like mm-hmm. now's the best time because Christ is present here. Um, you know, as someone who came out of treatment, as someone who was dealing with the evils of the world, I had realized like fighting the evils of the world wasn't wasn't my problem. Fighting the evils within me was my problem. Mm. And Benedict was someone who seemed to speak into that reality with a great confidence that Christ was risen and that he had a plan for my life. Uh, and, uh, so he, he's made a huge difference. Um, but because he spoke in a way, he wrote in a way really. Um, but then I would see him, you know, I would, he'd be maligned in the press as he was preparing to take a trip somewhere, you know, and then you'd go there and everybody'd be won over. Hmm. You know, everyone was mm-hmm. always won over by him. Always. <laughs> everyone always. Uh, uh, and I just remember seeing him in New York City at Dunwoody Seminary, and the man was just radiating joy. And I just thought, this is, uh, this is someone who is someone, this is someone filled with something more than just what he writes. Like, mm. there's, there's something about him that I want. Yeah. Uh, and the more that I paid attention to his life, the more that I've, paid attention to what it was he was living, the more I realized that same one is living in me um, and has had a huge impact. So. Beautiful. 
Well, folks, if you're just tuning in, we are talking with Joseph Pierce. He is the author of a book called Benedict XVI, Defender of Faith. Uh, we have to take a quick break, and we come back. Uh, Joseph's going to stick with us, and we're going to continue the conversation of Pope Benedict XVI. Stay with us. More after this break. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. At the University of Mary, we offer an education for the whole of life. Our values-based, flexible, and affordable education will prepare you for success and help you become a leader in your field. Whether you want to start your degree for the first time or continue your education, whether you are a working professional or want to pursue school full-time, join us for an education that will help you make a positive impact in our community. Discover the Mary difference. Umary.edu. That's umary.edu. As Christians, we are challenged to see things more clearly, to have faith in God, even as we proceed during the challenges of daily life. Psalm 1610 speaks of God not allowing the holy to decay. Seeing clearly, having a strong faith, and staying holy is something that St. Catherine Labore showed deeply in her life. This French nun from the 1800s had visions. These included seeing Mary in the miraculous medal, as well as seeing the heart of St. Vincent de Paul. She then committed to a life of compassionate service to the elderly. After her death, Catherine's body did not decay and is considered incorruptible by the church. During this Lent, how can we become more incorruptible with habits that do not decay, staying faith-filled and holy with acts of Christian compassionate service for others? This has been Michael Gisandi with a bit of Catholic encouragement. Like to shop local, but sometimes there are items you can't easily get nearby. The next time you shop online, think of Real Presence Radio. If you use our special link, Real Presence Radio will get a portion of your purchase price on Amazon, and it won't cost you anything additional. Just go to realpresenceradio.com/smile, and you're all set. You'll be directed to Amazon Smile, where a portion of your purchase price will be donated to Real Presence Radio. It's easy, fast, and doesn't cost you a dime. Find the link at realpresenceradio.com/smile. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. And welcome back. I'm Heather Caro. And I'm Father John Rutten. And we are broadcasting today from St. John Paul II Parish in Harrisburg, South Dakota. Thank you for joining us. We've been having a great conversation with Joseph Pierce. He is the author of a book called Benedict XVI, Defender of Faith. And we've been getting to hear a little bit of Father John's witness to how um, Pope Benedict Emeritus has affected his life. Boy, it's windy out there, Father. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We just had a big growl in the building. (laughs) But uh, so we were talking about uh, reading your book during the break, uh, Joseph. And the nice thing, and this is going to sound terrible. I don't know how to say this without making it sound terrible. But the nice thing for me... So I'm not. So Pope Benedict to me is extraordinarily smart and over my head. And I liked this book because it it was more of a personal, relaxed explanation of who Pope is. Mm. I don't know if relaxed is the right word, but it was brought down to Heather's level. 
Joseph, can you talk about why that was important for you? Yeah, in fact, that that's one of the greatest compliments you could have actually paid to oh, the book. Be- I didn't want to insult exactly- you. <laughs> <laughs> now, on the contrary, my, my whole plan was to be, be able to sort of sum up the life, legacy, uh, and importance of uh, Cardinal Ratzinger and Pope Benedict uh, in one relatively slim volume. I'm also not a trained theologian. I'm not a trained philosopher. But what Pope Benedict does, a part of part. part uh, of course, from the, just the example of his life, is that he manages to teach um, in, in a manner that he, he, he makes very abstract theological and philosophical points accessible. It's actually easier to read, I think, than, um, than St. John Paul II. Um, uh, but what I wanted to do was to sort of summarize as succinctly as possible in a, in a slim volume the key facts and the key teachings uh, of this man's life, uh, work, and legacy. So the people, if you like, that are not experts uh, and don't particularly plan to become experts can at least mm-hmm. have a, a one volume to go to, which is not intimidating in terms of it's not particularly long, that they can uh, get a handle on, on the importance of this great pope. And that was the, that was the plan. And the fact you've, if you like, vindicated my, my <laughs> desire to do that by your experience of reading it, uh, as I said, was a great compliment. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yes, you, you definitely accomplished that. And, it, and I love getting to know, I, get, I love getting to know the saints and, and the popes more personally. And you absolutely executed that perfectly. So I've actually told Father John I'll give him my copy. Really? Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> great. And the copy that we were giving away, somebody called in and got that right away. So, folks, that is off the table now. <laughs> so, two of those uh, books are out. So, do you have any fun facts that you can share about Pope Benedict? Fun facts? Uh, well, uh, I suppose the first thing that comes to mind is the fact that he's a cat person. I mean, they, you know, they, they say that people are either dog people or cat people. And some people I know are both, and some people I know are neither. But nonetheless... Uh, he, had a, he had a great love for cats, and I think he owned cats throughout his life. I also love the fact that he loves music. His, 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 he has a brother who's also a pope, his brother Georg, who was very musical as a choir director. Um, and when they got together in Rome, when Benedict was pope, they were, they were apart from obviously playing together and catching up with, with this news, they would just love to play, play the piano. And, 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 um, and so I love that about him, his love of, of music, his love of beauty. And also, I think a fun fact for me is the fact that he has a, so a traditional sartorial sensibility, if I may say that. For instance, you know, that he, he began to wear the, 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 uh, the traditional papal red slippers, which, you know, other more recent posts had, had, had stopped, ceased doing. Of course, it's not important. It's not anywhere near as important as the important things he's done. But the fact he did it, I think, out of deference to, to the office. In other words, that, you know, that, that someone who uh, holds the chair of Peter should actually show, show due respect and deference to the, to the position itself. And if one of the traditions were, was that the Pope wore papal slippers that were red, then, then he, would, he would just hmm. do that. And, uh, I, and love I, it. I love that about him. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I love that. So this is a question for both you, Joseph, and Father John. Um, reactions when you heard he was retiring? Should let Father John go first? Um, he's in deep thought. <laughs> uh, I don't. I I can't think back. Uh, uh, 
The word that I well, most I, the word yeah. that I most uh, think is gratitude, and it's John mm. Strange gratitude that it was him, uh, because I love the man, and he has made an enormous effect in my life, and uh, it made it possible for me to accept what he did hmm. uh, in a way that I think if it had been somebody else, I maybe had, would have like justified my position. So. And I know people do justify. I know not everybody agrees with it, but um, I can't all of a sudden not be grateful for the thing that the man who has changed my life has done, and then yeah. think I know better than the greatest theologian of the popes. <laughs> right. uh, you know, so I was grateful it was him, and it also mm. was a sign to me. I mean, they talk about barren priests, uh, um, and you know, today we move every six, ten years, and everybody, why do you move? Why do you move? And it also was a sign to me that maybe there's something in the spirit that it, the spirit is doing something in the church at all levels in every way and kind of helping mm -hmm. us maybe because of the way communication is today, the way people, I don't know. Uh, but for some reason it was like, wow, even at the highest levels of the church, um, yeah. you know, and why that is, I don't know. Uh, but it, I'm just grateful that it was him who did it because hmm. it allowed me to receive it in a way that would have been difficult if it was someone else. Interesting. Joseph, how about for you? Well, I mean, I, I think that, that there's the two, the, the two, I can think of two words beginning with S. Uh, one is sadness, and then the second word is selfishness. In the sense that not the, that Pope Benedict was selfish, on the contrary, I think that my sadness is a mark of my selfishness. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that, that, that Pope Benedict, as Joseph Ratzinger, had been, you know, uh, at, very, at, at the top of the church, as, as, as St. John Paul II's right hand man for a quarter of a century, he then became Pope. He didn't want the job, quite clearly. He was looking forward to having a bit of a restful retirement, which is a humanly enough, a human enough desire. He embraced the job. But I think as he, as he reached his late 80s, you know, he began to feel that perhaps uh, a, a younger person could come in and, uh, and do a better job. Um, and he probably, quite frankly, needed the rest. Um, you know, I personally, you know, again, sadly and selfishly, I love the man so much. I, everything he did as Pope, uh, I think I think it was wonderful. So I think he was a great pope, and in that sense, you know, I would I would have loved him to have stayed on. But ultimately, you know, the only the only it's not you know wisdom of hindsight or what have you or understanding the situation at the time. The most important thing is that in that famous gospel song, I don't, I don't know what the future holds, but I know who holds the future. Is that it's all happening in God's providence? You know that the, the most important thing is that we should, as Father says, be grateful for all that Pope Benedict uh, did um, and for all that he's left us with, the, the way the riches he's bestowed upon the Church, uh, and, and to also just be you know, grateful for the fact that, that, that God provided us with this good, noble, and holy Pope. And the most important thing for Pope Emeritus Benedict is that he gets to heaven. That's what he's going to be praying for. That's what we should be praying for, for both him and for ourselves. And that's where the true victory is, in the Church triumphant in heaven. So... We need to see things in that context. That Pope Benedict was a great defender of the Catholic faith, is a great defender of the Catholic faith. His legacy is one which, uh, which all of us should cherish. And, uh, you know, please God, we'll get to actually get in communion with him on a deeper level as and when or if we get to heaven. Amen. Joseph, it's been a joy having you on again, and um, thank you for sharing Pope Benedict with us. Yeah, thanks you for, thank you for sharing. It's a blessing to share with another one who loves this gift.
That's Bob Bennett. Yeah, it's obviously it's, it's a it's a joy to uh, to have had the opportunity to write the book, and obviously a joy to be able to discuss it with uh, with, with, with with you folks. So thanks so much for the for the invitation, and uh, look forward to getting back together with you at some point in the future. All right, thanks so much, Joseph. My pleasure. God bless you. God bless. All right, so if you wanted to check out that book that we've been talking about, Joseph Pierce, P-E-A-R-C-E, he wrote uh, Benedict XVI, Defender of Faith. You can find it at your local Catholic bookstore or online. Again, that's Benedict XVI, Defender of Faith. We have to take a quick break, and when we come back... um, we're going to kind of follow up, Father John, with, we had um, Reed Holiday, who is a, a, a gentleman in our area, in the Diocese of Sioux Falls, was on a couple weeks ago for Real Presence Live, and I have been getting bombarded by people who heard the interview, loved the interview, want more information. So I thought we would take another segment to kind of open up why that segment might have been so intriguing to people. Mm. So, folks, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Father John and I are going to kind of dive into that interview. So stay with us. More right after this. Mm-hmm. 